0: Welcome to Souls, We are Revenue Ops with an edge with decades of making interesting decisions. Jamie, Jason, Marcus, and Pete are dedicated to helping aspiring sales leaders accelerate revenues with our no BS approach to sales leadership strategies and tactics. Our show is supported by viewers and listeners just like you on patreon.com slash sassholes. Brent Keltner's Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass. In only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market teams start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks one. 23, read the book and learn a new approach through 20 successful company stories. Week four, all go-to-market team kickoff and receive self-reflection, questions, and mindset self-assessment. Weeks five to seven, collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset. Week eight, all go-to-market team presentation and discussion. Winalytics, build the revenue organization you want. Request a free 60-minute growth consultation at Winalytics.com. Ask for Bretton and say big pete sent you yeah uh, it is uh, getting to be july what's going on in the business world for those of us that or those of you that are employed in like real world jobs
1: so what i think is funny is you keep sending out surveys have you gotten your quota from this year i wonder what it is now right because what's really happening right around now for companies that are in uh, i would say companies that have any type of growth potential at all they're looking at their quotas for next year. Um, if maybe they're in a non-growth mode, they're in a down uh, a downturn still, you know, flat growth, maybe they're not looking at quotas next year as much. The reason why you have to look at quotas right now is because to keep your quotas sort of uh, minimally impacted, like you don't, a company doesn't really want to raise quotas all the time. Um, to keep your quota as stable as possible, you need to have the headcount to support it, right? So if you're going to grow by 30% next year, you better have butts in seats and start hiring in the second half of this year for next year so that they're ramped and ready to go so that the people that have been here for a long time don't carry the brunt of the quota.
0: All right, so right now... Are companies doing budgeting for for 2024 right now, or what are they they're doing? Starting to, they're
1: starting to they're, they're starting to throw around. So the board is starting to throw around numbers for next year.
0: Okay, the, these board people, these half a dozen people, let's say.
1: Yeah, so they're they're sitting there saying, "Hey, we're we're saying how we're going to finish," and they're saying, "Great, if you're going to finish that, this is what we expect next year." There's some negotiations going back and forth, depending on what you're doing.
0: Where where are, the, where are they? Because I love board people. Where where are they pulling these numbers from?
1: It's it's all depends on a valuation model, right? What what is the company's ultimately ultimate goal? Is to provide more value to its shareholders. How, so what does more mean? Value. What does value mean? Who's going to buy it? <laughs> right, if you're if you're a private company, how much are you going to get sold for, or how when you get your next fundraising, what's the valuation
0: going to be at? So basically, we're trying to get a multiple.
1: Yes, it's a multiple
0: game. Okay, why don't we just share that with everybody in the company?
1: Well, because one, there's there's two reasons. One, you got to finish up the year the way you thought you'd finish up the year, so you don't want. It, there's a focus problem you know just like a sports analogy um don't yeah, think but, about the next game think about the current game you're in the current game you're playing you know um because that could be yeah but you
0: also take take a season in order to get a better draft pick for next year i get that too so what why again you're in the world i'm not i'm a, i'm doing podcasts you know i don't have to worry about that stuff but if, if that's the thinking from these six people on a board, we're just going to pull these growth numbers from somewhere. Is there a downside for them explaining where these numbers are coming from and passing it all the way down to the person who has to actually well, do the work?
1: I don't think there's like some hidden agenda. of we want We don't want to share these numbers with anybody. I think you don't want to share the numbers with anybody until you know that those are the numbers. So right now it's very preliminary in terms of negotiations. Like um, is there, you know, is there a chance you can grow by 30% next year? I don't know. Let me look, let's run the numbers. Let's look at the data. Let's see if we can hire enough people to to support that. So that's what's going on right now, but uh, there's no commitment. The commitment's coming around November. So,
0: if, if you're in a company and you're a shareholder in the company, let's just say there's some you have equity in the company. It's in everybody's interest to get the multiple up, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when you do these town halls, town halls are normally done when things are bad, not as often as when things are good. Do you agree? Yes. Okay can't we flip the switch and say, look, we're getting ready for next year. Here's the planning process. We'd like to get a multiple of this in order to do that, we're going to need execution at the at these levels and we will we will communicate to you as we go along. And for us to know that a pay plan works, we would like to have X amount percentage participation in the compensation plan.
1: Well yeah, I, that that I feel like that's what does happen at most companies, smaller companies the The problem is um like anything, when you get too many people in a room, yeah to too many voices in a room, nothing fucking happens. it's it's uh it's a game of uh, uh, it's a game of who's got the louder voice. And honestly, it's mind-numbing how bad uh, large conference calls get with a lot of voices and a lot of type A personalities. Okay. That's what you're going to get here. I will say this. The board guys are there. The board uh, men and women are there um, not because, you know, they've got money. They've got money for a reason. They've been through this. There's also a benchmarking that comes into play, Right. In most cases, your board member has been there, has done that, and has multiple investments at multiple different companies. So they can sort of um, give you some guidance and benchmarking. Um, but it's right. always been wrong. What would you
0: say? It's always been
1: wrong. What do you mean it's always been wrong?
0: Quotas have always been wrong. Or they're from the perception of the salespeople, they're always – Look. Quotas are
1: always wrong to the salespeople, yes. But the people what the salespeople don't realize is all the work that's put in to try to keep the quotas down as low as possible. Okay. What happens is when a rep, like let, let's say you've got a rep and you're a smaller company, you have ten, you have ten reps, right? And you have a rep that's been there for years, has the potential to make a ton of money next year because he's built, he or she has built up their their entire book of business and they're about to upsell a ton of clients in the software business. Right. And they, and they get courted away and they leave what happens. All the other reps sort of get, have to take on more quota, but they might not have the relationships that this person had. That's when it gets tough difficult because you didn't plan for this exodus uh, to occur at the last second. And that's when quotas get sort of really finicky. I've, I've experienced that at a different company where um you after
0: not let's, let's not even talk about a company that you work at or, or or I worked at just say hypothetically, how can you operate a business where you, you're you're achieving you you'd like to have a third of the people win
1: but I don't think that's the way it works I think that's I don't think that's the mentality you want to have everyone win because that's a great situation you
0: do yeah. the, the reality is um you don't want everybody to win. Even ChatGPT says you want 60 to 70 percent to participate.
1: But why wouldn't you want everyone to win?
0: Because then how do you know who the, the the performers are? I
1: I would rather have a situation where and I think every every leader would say, I want every situation where everyone wins rather than have a situation
0: where only a few win. Okay, then why don't you pay everybody a salary then?
1: Because you tell me a rep that wants to do that. You you
0: go to a rep and say the the market. You tell
1: me enterprise. You tell me an enterprise level rep that said we say hey we'll pay you X amount of dollars, and it limits their ability.
0: No, didn't say you limit. Hit. I didn't say limit. What is an outlier? Top five percent.
1: Yeah, five ten I mean, percent. So I market
0: five, whether you're LA, Chicago, New York, okay whatever the salespeople in their top 5% of their field, you'll get that guaranteed in the salary. You're telling me a rep wouldn't take that. Um,
1: Yeah. A lot of the good ones wouldn't. Because they think they can make
0: more. Yeah. Okay. And if they say, well, I could, I want to make X amount more then fine. You, you raise their salary, but you have to also raise their guarantee what they got to bring in. Well, yeah. Okay. Agreed, but they wouldn't take it. I, I don't I think we need a, a survey, Cardi. I
1: they wouldn't take it. That is um socialist selling. you you basically said, I'm gonna pay everyone X amount of dollars. Um, and I can't pay you more because you're gonna you're gonna um we're gonna pay the bottom more and we're gonna pay you less. Every, every rep out there is trading on ego, right? And so the ego reps are, are the ones you want to keep. Those are the ones that are never on the market, are never looking for a job, are always find, finding a job. They have job security and then some. Because why? They have discipline, rigor, and they really know how to go about attacking it. So they're
0: a's. going to be successful no matter what, right? They're going to be successful no matter what.
1: So they don't care about you guaranteeing them shit. In fact, they look at that as horrible and they don't like that because they want to go somewhere Are that. Sure? Are you sure about that? I challenge. One hundred percent sure. Okay. Because all they do, all they will think about is, I'm paying for these Yahoos that aren't doing what we're asking them to do. And so, if you want to move,
0: and the caveat is you have to have strong leadership to weed out the people that aren't bringing in what they. Well, need. you
1: need to have strong leadership, and you need to have a lot of technology to make sure what you're asking them to do, they're doing. So you need to have policing. So now all of a sudden you're policing them even more than what you're asking them
0: now. But again, it, it, all right, you have a you have a, a top-level salesperson, and they got two jobs. One is guaranteed to pay them 105% of what the market average is, whatever the 120% of what the market pays for a top salesperson. They're going to get that guaranteed versus going to a company that has risk. You're telling me they're going to choose the company with the risk. Yes yes or no. Okay. All right. So you get paid you get paid in this
1: world for two reasons. Doing something people want and doing something people don't.
0: Right? Uh actually it's you're willing to do something that nobody else wants to do and you're able yeah. to do something nobody else can do. So yeah. All right. But but uh, those so guys are going to want to get getting, go, getting right. back. Okay, since there's some companies out there that still do this quota game and I wonder. How, I wonder what ChatGPT estimates what the waste is on figuring this thing out. But if you're going to put a quota out there, a quote out there, do you agree that it should be around two thirds of the people should should win, or you're saying a hundred percent should win? Well,
1: what do you mean by win?
0: Hit quota.
1: Hit quota. Um, I think. Well, oh, I would love of a hundred percent hit. I think you should always hope for hundred percent. I think the reality is fifty percent uh, hit quota, twenty five percent miss quota, but and twenty five percent don't come anywhere close to quota. And so the twenty five percent that miss quota are the ones that you know, especially in the software game, probably struggled. The 50% that hit quota may have just barely hit it to crushed it. And the 25% that missed, those are the ones you got to look at to say, which ones of those are going to weed out. So if you have 10 reps, you want five to hit two to just miss two or uh, two or three that, that uh, you have to then make a judgment call on, uh, can we upgrade the talent? Do we have to move on?
0: Well, from your scenario, if everybody wins, then the, the training budget and the recruiting budget should be lower.
1: Yeah, but that's not the case. Not everyone's going to win. There's so much other things. There's there's life that gets in the way. About- As you know, sales is probably one of the What people don't know that are not in sales, sales is probably the most stressful job in the entire world. Why? Because you're influencing other people to adhere to the timeline that you have in front of you to get paid. Somebody might say yes, but that yes might come three months later after they've already said yes. So there's so much more stress in sales than there is anywhere else in any other job.
0: Stress or anxiety, fear of the unknown, you can only, control and lack of control, you can only control what you control, okay? So what you can control is, all right, I understand how to make money, I understand what to do, I have the tools to do it, and I just need to execute it, okay? The unknown is all this stuff that happens where you don't get the quotas. If it's so important to figure out what the right percentage is, then the game is played that the quotas don't come out till the second quarter. So why did you just make the fiscal year in the second quarter? I know we're rehashing. So how how do you set quotas, Carney? You set quotas?
1: Well, so anyways, what – you set quotas very easily,
0: right? Oh,
1: <laughs> very easy.
0: Okay, you're a startup. You just open up the door. You're you're a business owner, and you just hired your first salesperson. What's the
1: number you signed up for to the board?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. What is? Um, what's a healthy amount of overassign? So, what overassign Fudge. is? Fudge. What overassign is? No matter how attainable the quotas are, you know not everyone's going to hit it. It's just human nature, right? So you got to assume probably eighty percent.
0: So, the, so the board and the CEO and the higher ups all get wiggle room and fudge.
1: Yeah. So let's say you sign up for eight million.
0: Am I putting you to sleep here, Cardi?
1: No. Let's say you sign up for eight million of uh, uh, new bookings next year. Right. Um, You probably and you're probably going to need 10 reps at one million each to get to that. So that's 10 million. You have a 20 percent oversight. That's that's the math. Now, the reality is you don't have all 10 hired right now. So you can't uh, say you have 10 million of quota because you need to include ramp time. So you might need to hire if you've never if you're a brand new startup and say you have one rep on on the books and you want to do 8 million next year, you might have to hire 20 reps because you're going to give them half a half a full quota in year 1 so that you have 10 million on the books of uh quota to give you a little bit of oversign for people leaving the company and for just shit going wrong. Right? And um, so you need 20, at least 20% overs. That's not a fudge as much as that's a plan for the unknown,
0: right? Well, I'm imagining that there's a benchmark out there, maybe of some public companies that you can look at what they're going through and match how you want to follow them. Would, would that be the case?
1: No, public companies are different. Bigger companies are different, Right. When when companies are not in uber growth mode, they don't need to have as much of an over assign. You talk to a company, let's say Dell, or I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, not a.
0: In, you used to use a public company to figure out what the, the market potential is, no?
1: Yeah, yes. But what I'm trying to say is the, the over assign. So that's where all your quotas add up to a higher number than what the number you have on on the books. is usually lower in a more mature business. Why? Because you have a lot of what we would call run rate business going on. You pretty much know that if the shit hits the fan and nothing really works, we might still drive $50 million worth of new business. So really the quotas are, in, are are set to grow us from 50 at the worst case to 70 at the best case. And so therefore you have a different range. Whereas a smaller startup where you have 10, 20, 30, even 100 reps, those are small, by the way. That's not a huge company. Um, you know, you have 10 reps that um, give up, <laughs> Or 20, 10 reps that quit, or let's say you have 20 reps and five reps just quit on you. Um, that's going to impact your year right there, even if your product is great because they have a bad leader. You know, there's a bad leader. Put it, Pete Janssen was hired and five people quit.
0: Right? If you're going to, let's just say you're at a startup company, what are the steps you need to do to figure out what your quota is going to be? Well,
1: First things first is start negotiating with the board, figure out what multiple you guys want to get at for next year, and what, and then immediately start thinking of, how do I model this out to see how many people I need to hire? Because in most cases, if you're in a startup, you're thinking of hiring. Am I doubling in size in the sales headcount? Then on top of that, what you also need to think of is, if I'm doubling in size in the headcount... I need to think of all the auxiliary stuff that's needed to support that headcount. Solution engineers, right? Those are the pre-sales guys that are out there doing demos probably need to hire more of those need to hire a better enablement team or or more enablement people to help train and on-ramp, you know, bring these uh, reps on board, need leaders. You can't just hire reps without leaders. So adding 20, 30 reps is going to cost you probably six leaders, you're going to have to hire six leaders because five to six people, uh, reps per leader, maybe seven. Um, Then you're going to need to hire probably another three or four um, solution engineers, probably two enablement people, an ops person at least, one. Um, You're going to also then need to probably hire, uh, you know, somebody helping with commissions and look at software to do more with less. Right. So it's a huge investment to do that stuff. And if you're a startup, unlike, um, you know, two, three years ago, two years ago, where money was sort of out there with inflation and all that money's not out there like crazy. So when you make an investment like that, you better be right, because you can't go get cash uh, as as easily as it was before.
0: So if you're a startup, wouldn't you want to know, like, if we're talking quotas, wouldn't you want to know what your marketing is capable of doing? And then once the marketing is exhausted or the uh what you're putting in and what you're getting out isn't as efficient, then you want to bring in a body.
1: Well, it depends. If you're selling transactional sales, yeah, marketing and e-commerce. If you're selling software, that's usually that uh usually has a longer enterprise if you're selling to enterprise companies, that's not a run rate type of a business. That's marketing can help influence deals, but they usually it's usually not a one-call close, right? It's usually a a six to nine month close.
0: Well, at the end of the day, you're looking for leads, and I guess if, when you once you get bigger, you're gonna add these uh, BDRs to replace marketing. Once you figure out what that number is,
1: actually, I think it's the opposite way.
0: Oh, really? So you get to be. I think you hire
1: SDRs while your marketing is getting going. The reason being is. Marketing, you know, you're hiring demand gen is what you're you're really saying, demand generation, right? Um Edwards, yeah. For them to for them to go find the right leads to the right personas, one takes time. You can't just turn that on tomorrow and get the right leads of the right people at the right companies, right? You're trying to figure that out as a startup. SDRs, on the other hand, you can say, and SDRs are different than BDRs. BDRs are doing inbound, SDRs are doing outbound. SDRs you should look at as a marketing stopgap until Demand Gen has figured it out. And what they can do is they're going out there and targeting the personas that you think are the buyers. In the right industries, in the right companies, and they're sending marketing messages, trying to get appointments from lower level all the way up to higher level for the reps to be a little bit more efficient. So I think as a startup, you need to think about SDRs, even though, you know, it's really tough right now to set meetings because everyone's got SDRs. But I think SDRs are really, I liken it to the radio. You know, I say you use your cadence softwares, the outreaches, the Swares and things of that nature. That's where you're, you're programming your greatest hits as a company, right? You're sending Pete Jansen's every greatest hit you can. And then the SDRs are out there trying to sell the new song to Pete Jansen's And then the, uh, the enterprise rep comes on over the top when Pete's boss comes on board, which is me at the sassles, right?
0: Yeah. All right. So now you're a bigger company. Let's just say a uh, couple hundred to 500. What's what's going on right now? Is this budgeting season right now?
1: Yeah, it's budgeting season, but it's different. Um, if you have, you know, 100 to 500 reps, you probably have a run rate business. You're probably doing a lot of forecasting based on statistics rather than having your weekly call uh, going through deal by deal by deal by deal. Right. You probably still have that at the, uh, the the one group that really focuses on the wells, but you have a lot of people. There's more of a flywheel impact. What you're probably doing right now is wondering, can we grow next year or not? Right. Um, because you're if you have 500 reps plus um, the market is going to play one of the biggest roles, especially depending on what you're at. Like you remember when we were at one of our previous companies of the um, employment labor market was down. We were impacted, but it, you know, early on when we were much smaller, uh, the impact of the employment labor market didn't impact you as much because you were still growing into that, that uh, vertical. Once you got to be so big, uh, it was basically the, the 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 labor statistics basically told you how good of a year you're gonna
0: have or not, yeah right so so going down this list, Carney mm-hmm. you need a benchmark yeah what what do you, you're a bigger company what are you benchmarking U- unless you're the board and you just give out a number and then you pu- you push it down
1: well, you guys remember there's a couple of things that go on in the board, especially when you're a bigger, more established company right uh there's a CEO that's probably uh, either a great CEO or one that's sort of trading on bravado, right? And be like, "I we can grow to save my we 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 decreased by fifteen percent last year, but this year we're gonna we're gonna be uh, better than fifteen percent because we're gonna grow back where we lost last year." That to me is a bravado statement where a CEO is trying to save his job or her job um to go back to the board and say, hey, the market sucked last year, but we're gonna miraculously come back. You know, and I think as a board member, you need to sit there and say, um, what are what what is this person doing? Or are they just saying they're gonna do something and there's no real proof that they can't. Um in a lot of cases the board will allow your your CEO or CRO to hang themselves in a board meeting where they overcommit something, which screws the whole company, just so they can say, well, you messed up. You're the one who said this and we took you at your word. Right. So as a, as a, as a C-level executive going into a board meeting, you better be very conservative on what you say to the board.
0: Darnie decades of doing this and I don't like to toot horns, but I have always won versus lost (laughs) in the most difficult situations. I've always been on the new business side where things are very questionable. Um, I've also been on somewhat of a getting past the uh, transactional business into the run rate business. And whether it's small or large, everybody that understands exactly how the money is coming in? How they're getting paid? For instance, our goal is to have two thirds winning. Well, once we share the the percentage of of winners to the entire group, we say, hey man, we're at eighty percent. We got to raise the quotas. It's a lot easier to do it then than just having an arbit you know arbitrary number that comes up. Same thing with losing. You know, hey, we only had fifty percent winning. We we wanted to be sixty six percent then we, get, we have to lower the quotas. And the difference in what you pay for uh, training costs, sales costs, recruiting by having something like that out there, far outweighs when when the sales plan is put together and says, oh, my God, this looks expensive. Just throw it out.
1: Well, I, well, hold on. There's also a big difference, right? Yeah. Uh, a more established company, you know what the metrics are. You know more. You you you've got a better understanding of the metrics. When you're a smaller startup, hold on. When you got sixty percent churn, <laughs> well, no, I'm saying the metrics, though, it's for success. Yeah. So what you just said was, um, what you just said was, I'm able to sit there and say, I want eighty percent to win, and these are the metrics. You know, like I remember, you it was the funnel. How many of this equals this? How many of this equals this? You need to know how uh, the the top of the funnel, the bottom of the funnel gets you where you need to. Yeah. A lot of startups, they don't know that. Why? Because at the beginning of the startup, they're trading on buddies. You know, the CEO's making buddies. Not, with we're them.
0: not talking about startups anymore. We're talking about in upwards, I think at 800 people. Okay. So, and on the lower end, let's say 100 people, that was more on the software side okay so 100
1: sales people to 800 sales people yeah
0: that's a big company so so that's a big company so so my point is sharing i'm just giving a clue to everybody out there when you share share from top to bottom of the information that you have if that can work for me why can't that work for the ceo and and the board but i think so i've
1: always been uh an open book when it's come to that so my experience has always been what percentage uh, of an open book what I have eighty percent of the time, I'm I'm hundred uh, percent open book. Okay, um, but I'm usually one that will sit there and say, "Here are the stats, and here's here are the averages." Once again, Pete, averages lie. When you get to be that big, you've got to also look at median and
0: and and law small like numbers, law big numbers. Get get it. But, but it's our
1: jobs educate the
0: sales people to understand that too.
1: Yeah. So I can walk, I I would typically walk everyone through, this is how we came up with this quota. This is why it's this quota. This is where it is. I did that at previous companies. I'll do that here. I will tell people, you know, if if you ever want to have a question about why call me up Um, at the end of the day, there will be decisions. So here's the one big thing. Does anyone who's a leader out there, There will be time for you to argue your decision with the circle of trust, whatever it is. You're in a conference room, you're arguing with the CFO, you're trying to win lower quotas, you're doing this, you're doing that, let's lower the quotas, let's do this, let's do that. Um, You may or may not win that battle. Regardless, when you leave that conference room, there is no battle, and whatever you guys have agreed upon is what you're moving forward forward with uh for that year you can't sit there and say well i wanted the quotas to be a million but i got forced to move it up to 1.2 and that's why you guys are all screwed just don't don't do that
0: you're just that's what's happening that's exactly what's happening i know but but
1: you as a as an ops person you as anybody don't say that shit because (laughs) all you're basically doing is writing your uh your your your, you're basically writing your uh your demise, right? You're basically saying, I don't need to work here anymore because I'm not on board with uh, the decisions that are being made. Sure.
0: Yeah, and you're... if you're
1: fine with that, then you're fine with that. Just know you better get your resume uh, polished and out there.
0: That's when you're working off a of personal influence versus business influence. You know, be my friend. Hey, man, I'm sorry but, you know, yeah. my boss made me do this. Like no. you even said, I've won when I thought... um you know, when
1: I thought the number was a little bit unfair, you still won most of the time, right? Why? Because,
0: yeah, but, but, we've always won because we've always adjusted the number depending on who's winning or not. You have a better morale, less recruiting costs, training, and, and and all that.
1: That's that, all. Always, that always comes into play. If morale's way down and you feel like everyone's doing the right stuff, you're gonna adjust people's quotas. You just are. Because you because there's a cost. If you but if you uh if you're down and no one believes like the the number,
0: the integrity of the number, yeah.
1: Or or um if you're down and, and you think it's uh a lack of execution, a lack of effort, uh, you're going to have a very difficult time as a sales ops person if if the entire company believes mm-hmm. there's a lack of effort and a lack of um, uh, passion by the leadership on the sales side. You're going to have a very difficult time in um, getting any type of relief. The other thing that's going to come into play is in a down market. You know you're going to have executives that sit there and say. Hey, this quota might seem unfair, but tell me where it isn't unfair at other companies because it's the same everywhere else, right? So, in a down market, you got that shit to play with as well. Here, Carney, what is churn?
0: Uh, reps that leave. There's two rep, two types of churn, right? There's forced and uh, voluntary and involuntary. There's also positive and negative.
1: Yeah. You often look at um, the people that leave and say, you almost, voluntary and involuntary, obviously in, uh, volu- involuntary is where you got rid of them. And then of the voluntary churn, you go regrettable or not. Right? Yeah. And, and so you usually judge the voluntary churn. That's where a rep says, I'm out of here. You sit there and say, is that a good move or a bad move? Was I was I about to put that person on plan and move them out? Do I think they gave up six months ago? Do I think this was not the right spot for them? You know, and you got to remember, not every sales job is the same, right? Great rep at one company could be a great rep, uh, could be a really bad uh, rep at your company because it's a different sale process. You know, some, some companies, your sales rep is out there and they're bringing in connections with the client, and then they're basically turning it over to their pre-sales team to sell the technical solution. And there might be great introductory people, and then there might be people that are forced to sell the entire solution.
0: And those are two different breeds. So if you lower the percentage of winners, then the churn should be going up, correct?
1: Yes and no. (laughs) Pick one. If you lower the percentage of winners,
0: churn will increase because less people are winning. Okay. So if churn increases, then recruiting costs. I'm just saying it's just knobs, right? We're turning knobs here. You know what? Yeah. I want to I wanna reduce the amount of uh, payouts of overachievers by, you know, blank. Dumbest thing you could ever do, but some people want to do that because I want to help subsidize the people that aren't winning. You know, companies do do that, right?
1: Yeah, they do. But at the end of the day, you're going to look at what is what is our costs? What is our costs? What's our EBITDA now? And that's so much more important than it was two years ago, right? So our cost to acquire uh, a, a new customer or a business, and then what's our cost to maintain it, right? So So, lifetime value of a client versus... Lifetime value of a client. So GRR and NRR are uber important metrics right now, especially in software, right? Like you want want to make sure that you're retaining as many of the clients as possible and potentially upselling. So you want your GRR to be over, you know, around 90%. You want your NRR to be uh, around 120% in a software company. That means you're 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 maintaining your GRR is how much of your renewal base are you uh, renewing, and NRR is how much of your um, renewal base are you upselling, right? And so you want those two metrics to be really important right now because that increases your lifetime value, which allows you to be more uh, expensive on acquisition, right? So a rep, what does that mean? We can pay a rep more. If we can maintain and grow companies, but if your NRR and GRR suck and you're not selling three-year deals, you're selling one-year deals and all of that stuff, it's very difficult to pay a uh, a rep a lot of money because your lifetime value goes down.
0: So should recruiting be part of HR should be part of the uh, CRO or sales organization?
1: Well, I mean, it's a shared service, right? um i would say it's a shared service like hr
0: but all they do is recruit salespeople yes if i'm a recruiter i want to be an hr you quit yawning in
1: the microphone you're making if <laughs> i'm a if i'm a recruit. sorry if i'm a recruiter i want to be an hr
0: i didn't ask that you you are paying somebody to bring in leads of people to work at your company do you want those people to work for you or for HR? HR.
1: Okay, because of their budget? Well, that, and I just don't want to have to maintain them when I don't have anyone to hire. <laughs> like, I only want to, I only want, I, I love
0: our recruiters. Love them. I'm not talking about the company you work at because you have it plastered up on your screen there, but I'm just saying you. you HR has a different, HR isn't sales <laughs> it re- it really they be, they be- agreed. agreed
1: but you're you're basically like the whole company. all right so here's here's the bottom line the whole entire company no matter what group you work in finance HR legal um, if you're not, thinking of how do you make sales better then just get you should be gone right
0: yeah um
1: yeah. everything in this company has to be um based on sales and so therefore reporting into sales or not everyone reports to sales i don't care what company you work for everyone reports to sales you're either selling the company or selling the uh uh or selling the product right but everything's in sales and it of starts course. and ends in sales.
0: Well, there's always churn in sales, so you always want to have a bench. So you do want to have these recruiters always working. And if it's coming out of your budget, then it then you know the sales expense is higher. Because when you have a shared service, then it's questionable, well, what time are they spending working on sales versus you know, engineering people? You know, yeah. of course there's tech recruiters versus sales recruiters. But that's kind of my point. When you're putting this quota together, now it's getting to be July. You, you're coming up with these numbers. Does anybody ever talk, hey, when do we want to launch these numbers to the team?
1: Oh, so that that is usually, if you're good, you come up with this idea of where you think you're going to be next year. Yeah. You're, you're, once you do the modeling, um, you then have an immediate call with your head of HR and your recruiting team and say, start, and you bring in some leaders some sales leaders and say, we need to start hiring now. You don't let everyone know because you don't want to distract, you know, the, 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 the group of what's going on. But at the end of the day, if you're going to hire, if you're going to double in size in the sales department, people are going to know, but you, the, the, the the sooner you get the recruiters on board, the sooner you get the leadership on board that you need to bring in, you know, five more uh, RVPs and 30 more reps or whatever it is, four more you better you better have everyone on board with that and say we're we're frantically recruiting starting now because it's gonna take you ninety days to get somebody in here and then it's gonna take six months for them to get ramped, and that's how your quota is gonna be based.
0: All right, what about quotas for leaders? Um,
1: so if you have an 80% haircut at the direct line, right? Um you usually the quotas for leaders to me is just a game of how much you want to pay.
0: Yeah, okay. What's the game?
1: Well, how much relief do you give them compared to uh, the rest? you just give them Being the roll-up? What? Fudge. It's kind of a fudge. Yeah. You could give them – if you, you could say, I'm going to give you – Edge. Fudge. I'm going to give you the 100% of your roll-up. Or you could say, I'm going to give you 10% off of your roll-up. Um, but you want to make sure whatever their roll-up is, is different. At the end of the day, over only pertains to the front-line sellers, not the leaders. So the 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 leaders is more of a game of uh, how much do you think they should get paid to cover for
0: termination. Great. What's a game? Why is it a game? Why isn't it science?
1: Because it all depends on how much over you have
0: right like if you have is it always going to be different from year to year
1: yeah because every region is different right
0: okay so So every market is different so where do the changes come from
1: well so if you have so think about it if you have six reps
0: and um i'm just saying market market conditions have changed that's why you're going to either lower quarter or raise quota right
1: agreed but we we we're, we're talking now about the 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 RVPs yeah the RVPs it's going to depend on the uh, market that they're going into are they going into a brand new market that has no penetration i might give that person more relief than someone that's been selling into the west coast forever and has established reps right you might say well this person who has established reps and has all these accounts we might only give that person 10% relief off of their number but the person that's going into uh Texas and we've never sold into Texas and we don't really know how to sell. I'm gonna give them 30% relief.
0: Is it possible for all these variables that we're coming up with, these games that we're playing? Is it possible when we do these retreats? Couldn't this be like what be one big chat GPT prompt? Couldn't it? Why?
1: Why why do you laugh? why do you even have awesome? you you're in this chat Gbt you're basically like why is there even people here you want Terminator
0: to occur uh no it's I want efficiency to to occur and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm seeing what <laughs> the things that I that I'm able to do with it and it can it look
1: by the way chat, Gbt lies when it doesn't know the answer just so you know it's yeah, not the you have to
0: train it so do sales reps sales reps don't lie. Sales reps lie. Everyone lies. CEOs don't lie. Everyone lies. Everyone lies. So I guess I would love to have a nice little, uh maybe our next session, Carney, is us just taking the hour and we just do a prompt for sales quota for next year. Let's do it. <laughs> How do you
1: build sales quotas for next year? What's the best way? What metrics should you take? The first, the
0: the first question I ask is how many should win? 16%, I mean, Okay, great. If that's true, then what are the market conditions next year? That's the negotiation on what the market can the, the crystal ball of what the market's going to look like. Yeah, but Chet GBT doesn't know what the market's going to look like. In fact, Chet GBT is only... I, that's uh, what I'm saying. That's the variable that you negotiate. What does the future look like? but so, that's okay.
1: the problem if you knew but that's the entire chat gbt isn't going to figure that out you no think
0: if you insert five companies that we're chasing because of their multiples all right and we want to grow like them okay what should our numbers be to keep on pace with them that's all that i'm saying carney we'll work on that on mm-hmm. the next show another fascinating show carney see you later bye Show supported by viewers and listeners just like you on Patreon.com/sassholes. Brent Keltners Winalytics Revenue Acceleration Playbook Masterclass in only eight weeks, help your sales and go-to-market team start to build the mindset and skills needed to succeed in the new buyer environment. Weeks one to three, read the book and learn a new approach through twenty successful company stories. Week four, all go-to-market team kick off and receive self-reflection questions and mindset self-assessment weeks five to seven collaborative sessions with prospecting sales and customer success on the shared journey to a new mindset week eight all go-to-market team presentation and discussion winanalytics build the revenue organization you want request a free 60-minute growth consultation at winalytics.com. ask for brent and say big pete sent you